Welcome to the Saturday Feast. <laughs> Monthly <laughs> program for the local residents. Did you get a copy of the Shichasukam? Mm-hmm. Okay. Beautiful book. Yeah, it came out nice. Real nice. Let's speak a little bit from it tonight. So, Shikshastakam, eight verses of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And um, as we know, these are the only compositions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, although two other verses are also attributed to him. He's most famous for these eight. Shiksha means teaching, teaching, instruction, and Astakam means eight, Shikshastakam, so eight teachings. And these eight teachings are all about the practice of uh, Namsan Kirtan that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to distribute widely and that he personally indulged in. So eight teachings. And in the first verse of Shikshastakam, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives an overview of all of these, of this eightfold teaching. One devotee who read this commentary, recently published, for one time through, said to me that, gee, when I heard, you know, that it was going to be like an explanation of like the eightfold, ninefold path from Shraddha to Prem, discussed over eight verses, I thought it would be more like the Eightfold Path of the Buddhists and that it would be, you know, something that I could hand out to the average person and say, this is our Ninefold Path in, in eight verses. But then she said, but, but it, I don't know how I could just give this to a new person. There's too much, too much in there. So I had to tell her, well, I didn't write it for the new people, I wrote it for, for you. People like you have been involved for some time with the hopes that you would assimilate it and then uh, distribute it to others in, uh, in simpler language and so forth. And she kind of appreciated that. And then I talked to her a week later and she had read the whole book again. And she said, now I understand that, uh, what you were talking about. And she was very happy to read it. So it's the point is here that, and I told her that, well, that'd be okay if our teachings were as simplistic as the Buddhists, but they're far, far, far more complex. Buddhism is, is fairly complex philosophically, but it has no theology. So we have an equally complex philosophy, and that's half of the equation of the Chinti Veda Veda. The Ved and Abed. Ved, in one sense, means the philosophy, and Abed or Ved, Ved, Ved means the religion, and Abed means the philosophy. Ved means difference, and Abed means non-difference. So Advaigyan Tattva is a non-dual philosophy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Bhagavatam. But, as Bhagavatam says, it's, to give just kind of a general idea, it expresses itself in a variegated way. Brahmaiti, Paramatmaiti, Bhagavaniti, Shabdite. And we can explore all those realms of Brahman, Paramatma, Brahman, the significance of all this, the theology, and the worlds within worlds, uh, you know, the, the all-encompassing Brahman, the all-pervading 
Paramatma in every atom, and bigger than the, than the whole of the material existence at the same time, and then Bhagawan and his worlds of uh, wonder, Chamatkar, Rasananda, department after department after department, and all of that as big and as vast and expansive, unlimitedly expansive, is Vaikuntha, it all fits inside of the Baloka. And how big is the Krishna conception of God? And so, how can we make such a simple explanation as the, as the Buddhists have? Well, we have so much more to say. And Mahaprabhu has said it in eight verses. So much, he has said. So, although the book's been written, the commentary and the commentaries of Bhakti Bhino, Bhakti Siddhanta are there, and Ardhisattva Succession, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, as you know, gave a brief explanation of the Shikshastakam and his Chaitanya Charitamrita, very brief, but he, he did the wonderful service of aligning the verses in an order, the order in which we've come to know them, which uh, Ganapati Swami asked me, he said, well, you know, we say that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wrote it, but, you know, you say that it first appears in Chaitanya Charitamrita in this order, and previous to that in the um, Padyabali of Rupa Goswami, but not in this order just referring to different groups with other verses that seek to demonstrate a particular point. So where, where did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu write? So I said, well, the way in which we, what we mean by that, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu composed the verses, we don't have the leaves that he wrote them on or the scrolls or the whatever it may have been, uh, but we do have the words of Rupa Goswami who says, after each of the verses that appear in Padyavali, something like uh, Sri Chaitanya Bhagavan. After his verses in Pajavali, which are a compilation of so many verses from so many people, some of which are unknown, unknown authors, but the author was known for Shikshastika verses. There, Rupa Goswami said, Sri Chaitanya Bhagavan. So he's attributed these verses to him. So he got them from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they were composed, original compositions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, although we don't have them in his hand writing. Uh, so, although we may have read this commentary and other, those other commentaries that, that I'm mentioning and so forth, and how they were arranged in Padyabali and so forth, still there's so much more to be said about it. So, I thought tonight we'd discuss a little bit and we'll start with uh, the first verse. And there, Mahaprabhu says, uh, he begins, Parambijayate. Sri Krishna Sankirtan. It comes at the end of the verse in, in Sanskrit, but at the beginning in English translation. Parambhijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtan. So what he is seeking to do in this first verse of Shikshastakam, Parambhijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtan means all glories, Vijayate. Let there be Vijayate. Vijay means like victory. So... Let there be vijay, a comprehensive victory. Let Sri Krishna Sankirtan conquer, it means, over all, over everything, over everyone. And it means over all other approaches to the absolute, all other pursuits for that matter, of happiness. Let it be trumpeted loudly everywhere that the people may know that such an approach to becoming happy and fulfilled 
is available. And if they do, then certainly they will take it up and not waste their time on any other pursuit, all of which will surely fall short of that which Sri Krishna Sankirtan can afford one. This is the idea. So param vijayate, and param means, means supreme, it means transcendental, it means here we've rendered it as also as it can be exclusive. So let there be an exclusive and comprehensive victory for Sri Krishna Sankirtan. Then he enumerates seven virtues of Krishna Sankirtan, what it will do, what the effects will be. And uh, in this way, in the very first verse of Shikshastakam, he gives a kind of a forecast, kind of it's kind of an outline of what's to come in the other subsequent seven verses. In other words, each of the other seven verses of Shikshastakam expand upon the seven virtues of Sri Krishna Sankirtan that are mentioned here in the first verse. And so, by mentioning these seven virtues and calling for a comprehensive victory uh, that Sri Krishna Sankirtan will prevail over everything, every, every other shop in the marketplace will be shut down, every other commodity, all other trading will be finished by this, see the product what Sri Krishna Sankirtan produces. This is the idea. So, in this way, by, by calling for this in the beginning, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu seeks to do what? He seeks to awaken faith in us, in the efficacy of Nam Sankirtan. And he seeks to awaken a very special kind of faith. Faith in general, we should say something about. It's virtuous. It's of the nature of virtue faith. Sometimes it's spoken of, faith, by people of the world, as if it were something negative, as if it were a departure from reason, as if it were the property of those who were without, who didn't have anything conclusive, any real ground to stand on. Oh, they have faith, and so they're weak. And they can't be, it can't be proved, it can't be trusted, therefore. This is the unfortunate, the ugly kind of face, if you will, of the intellect, that humans are said to be, because of possessing, they're said to be different from the animals thereby. But as we know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had a little bit of a different idea about that, more than having intellect and thereby being differentiated from animals. His ideas are something that because humans have the capacity to love and really to have faith, but more to love, that they're differentiated from the animals. They can do something voluntarily. They can ultimately, they can love God. They can know the full face of, of love. After all, one can be very intelligent and be more dangerous than a wild animal, right? So just because we have intelligence doesn't make us categorically different from the animals. I mean, animals have some intelligence also because ours is greater. It doesn't necessarily make us greater. In fact, I wrote on a, on a sangha that got posted on the belief net about animals and karma. Some of you may have seen that. And after Brahma posted it and notified us of that, I went to the site, and then there's always people who comment on belief net on the side column about the, the sangha that's on there. 
And, uh, and so a couple of people said, oh, this Swami ought to get off his high horse, you know. <laughs> he, he says that humans are higher species than animals, but these humans have... See, what, no animal has caused war in Iraq, you know, and killed thousands of people and spilled so much blood and so forth. The humans are doing that, yeah? and so on. And you might go there sometimes and you can put your two cents in, but um, such people miss the point. With human life, we have facility, but facility can be abused. But we have a facility that animals don't have, but if we use appropriately, that can bring us far greater freedom than we can experience in the animal species and bring much more peace, love, kindness, and compassion, and so forth, to the world. And so to use that intelligence in conjunction with what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to give, this is the proper use of intelligence, because by that then we can transcend the limits of logic and reasoning. So my point here is that the intelligence has an ugly face that can rear itself up and and insult faith, as it does sometimes to say, oh, he doesn't have any ground to stand on, he can't prove anything, has no substance, therefore he makes a claim to believe and have faith in something. But the Gita teaches us, Bhagavatam teaches us, that faith is actually virtuous by nature. And in virtue there is certainly value, and in virtue there is certainly power and ground to stand on. In fact, the virtuous people are the people that stand out most in the world and are venerated, and we've, we've learned from great virtuous people who have had the courage to live according to virtue, even when it, uh, it appeared that they would be at a loss, might lose for doing so, standing up against what was wrong when they were in the minority and, and so forth. These people speak louder to us and give us courage and hope in life. And these are Virtuous people and faith is of the nature of a virtue, of sattva. Krishna says it in, in Bhagavatam, the Uddhava, that faith, he says, that is sattvic. Same idea is given in the Gita. In fact, the Gita says also, shraddho ayam purusha, a person is his or her faith. Mm-hmm. What faith we have, that's us, that's how we move. With faith causes movement, therefore, Wonderful and, and, and uh, not famous by now statement of Shita Marsh. What? Suspicion, suspicion leads to suspension. So doubt, which is the antithesis of faith, suspicion doesn't allow one to move. It holds one back. So faith fuels our movement. And faith is by its very intrinsic nature virtuous. Therefore, the universal sense that we find in human society that, oh, at least he believes in something. At least he has faith. Now, we can criticize that also, but if he believes in the wrong thing. Yes, but that's taking it a step further and looking more closely at the, at the affair of faith. But in general, he or she who has faith, whatever they have faith in, they believe in something, it inspires people to some extent. And um, that's the motivating force. So faith is by nature virtuous, but it can be vitiated by the influence of the modes of nature. So in Bhagavatam, another place, speaking to Uddhava again, what does Krishna say? He says that there are different kinds of faith. Faith is by nature virtuous, but because we have our psyche, our psychic 
dimension and our physical dimension for that matter are made up of the modes of nature sattva, rajas, tamas, goodness, passion, ignorance when faith is mixing with these then it takes the color of those so there, there's faith in all modes of nature but Krishna says a nice thing in the Bhagavatam he says later on to Uddhava he says that faith in uh, you know irreligion is tamasic and uh, irreligious activities and Faith in uh, material progress, that's, that's this rajasic. And faith in spiritual life, adhyatmika shraddha, that's in the mode of goodness. So that includes faith that's informed by the scriptures, the general idea of the scriptures. But what Krishna says, another thing he says, he says, if there's a fourfold faith, but faith in me, he said, that's transcendental. <laughs> so he's differentiating even between spiritual life and bhakti. There's the general idea of spiritual life. Sattva brings one to knowledge. And knowledge means, in the higher end, in this world, the difference between matter and spirit, between ignorance, misidentification, avidya, the root cause of all suffering, and bringing about an end to suffering. Like in the colleges, you see those inscriptions sometimes, knowledge will set you free. So, sattva, this is... Um, brings us in the direction of spiritual life. But we can go in the direction of spiritual life under the influence of sattva. We could pursue it. But we won't catch Krishna unless some special, some divine intervention in our life from beyond sattva. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is coming from far beyond sattva. Where is he coming from? Where is he exporting his Sri Krishna Sankirtan from? Nartam Thakur says, Goloker Premodhana of Golok. This is the Premodhan, the wealth uh, of, of Prem, this kind of charity of Prem. We talked about charity on Tatvivek for many, many posts when there was a big discussion about the nature of charity, how it fits into our lives and so forth. And this is the Premodhan, the charity of love. This is the prize, uh, crown, uh, jewels of, of Goloka. And Goloker Premodham, this wealth of Golok, Hodinam Sankirtan. It is coming to this world in the form of Hodinam Sankirtan. So it has come from far beyond the modes of nature and deep within transcendence. And Mahaprabhu says, Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtan. And his idea is, let there be faith in Nams and Kirtan. And the point here is, and there is good reason for that. Not blindly, we are saying, just going to give me some religious dogma. Oh, we're Krishna people, so we think this is the only way, and somebody else thinks it's, theirs is the only way. And there may be many ways, too many things, many paths leading many places. There may be a number of paths leading to, that are ego-effacing and leading in the direction of transcendence. But there's only one road to Golok. <laughs> That's true. Whether Golok is better, the best place to go or not, well, that you analyze for yourself. Sit down and give us a chance to tell you about that. There's all these things. You want to go to that place? Are you interested? Let us tell you about it. There it is described. What? When people are happy, then they sing, they dance, 
right? In celebration. And there, this Brahma speaking, not a fool. With all of his four mouths, he's singing the song in praise of Govinda. And he ends that praise, the fifth chapter of Brahma Samhita. Towards the end of his praise, he describes that place, Golok, the home of Govinda, the coward, uh, so nicely. And he says, oh, that place where walking is dancing and talking is song. And Jiva Goswami made a nice comment. If the walking there is dancing, and if the talking there is song, everybody's so happy, like in a musical, you know, have you ever seen a musical on TV? <laughs> mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they start to dance, <laughs> and they start to sing, and they're happy, especially in the Indian films from Bollywood. <laughs> Bollywood. Huh? Huh? They got they're a little closer to Golok, <laughs> like Prabhupada used to say. <laughs> they're only so far away, but they're turned in the wrong direction. And you are further away, but turned in the right direction. <laughs> so, therefore, they're prone to those musicals and that idea. But Jiva Goswami makes a nice point. Now think about this: if you hear that there's a place where the walking is dancing, and every time anybody begins to talk, it turns into a song then what must be the dancing there? And what must be the singing there? Of such a wonderful and uh, transcendental logic to make us think again. And think, oh, I should, what can I think of? I should stop thinking and listen here and sing these songs that come from that place. Sing these songs that come from Golok. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. What fortune will be there? lies in that for me. What prospect for us? This is what Mahabhu wants to convey here in this first verse of Shikshastakam. Param vidayate Sri Krishna Sankirtana. Let there be all victory, comprehensive victory. Let this Sri Krishna Sankirtan reign over every other pursuit of happiness in the world. Let it drown everything out, loud Sankirtan. That people will have be able to take advantage of this a window to to Goloka. It's like the window opened up and the song came out. It came to the material world, and Krishna ran after it in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That Sankirtan. He let that out. That secret of what Sankirtan holds within it. It holds inside this very secret of Goloka. Therefore, Mahaprabhu says, "Shri Krishna Sankirtanam." He's specific here, general and specific at the same time. Is Parambhijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. Let us analyze the words. Kirtan, of course, it means really to glorify, to give, make famous. Kirti means fame, derived from this. Uh, so, uh, of course, it, we, we've seen Chaitanya shows the form of this in Nams and Kirtan, but to glorify others. The idea is to give our practical experiences that if we give honor to others, what happens? What happens if you give honor to others? It It comes to us. And what happens if you go out today and you want to be honored? It's not very becoming. If the guy next to you really just wants to toot his own horn, it's not very becoming, is it? We become repulsed by that. This desire to be honored is 
some one, one acharya said it's like the stool of a pig. In the words, stool is not something you want to get near, and pigs eat stool. What their stool must be like? <laughs> <laughs> How undesirable this is. When someone wants to bring bring attention to themselves, honor to themselves, it's like a fellow that came in the room after just swallowing a bulb of garlic. It just oozes from every pore of his body. So we should avoid this. <laughs> but we have a desire for it. Mabra was given a secret. He actually elaborates upon it later on in, in, in the Shikshastakam. He says, but give, give honor to others. Then what will happen? So much honor will come to you. And you'll see it for what it is. And then you'll be able to go beyond, get beyond that. So it's our practical experience in everyday life that if we try to give honor to others, then people will like us, want to be around us, think our association is valuable, think that we're good company. So here, of course, the idea is to give honor to who is most honorable, even though you know most he is Krishna, but most people don't know it. So, so to glorify Krishna. So there can be giving of honor and glorifying other people in different ways. We can glorify their qualities, their form, their name, their attributes, and so forth. But Mahabharata has centered his kirtan on Nam, on Krishna Nam, Nam kirtan. Sometimes we say, what's in the name? As if nothing, but really there's, there's quite a bit. And I've given the example before. Nowadays people are, name courses your identification, by which you're identifying. And sometimes, you know, somebody comes and does something wonderful and leaves, or somebody comes and does something bad and leaves, and the first thing you ask, did you get his name? Did you get her name? Because if you have the name, you can find them. You get, if you have somebody's name, just phew, nowadays just plug it in the computer, and, and it will come up, and you can pay a little money, and you can find out everything about them. Their jail record, their <laughs> past residences, places they've been employed, and, and so on. Nowadays, uh, people have been tagged with a, with a number, uh, in this country with a social security number. So, don't give that out. I had a guy call me the other night, and then the night after, the night after, the night after. I said, is this uh, Swami uh, Tripurati, an Indian fellow? I said, yes. He said, oh, very good. I'm calling from the um, uh, United States government, and um, we would like to send you a check for $12,000. <laughs> I said, really? What for? He said, well, because you're a good person, and you pay your taxes. And, of course, I don't pay taxes because I'm a monk, and I don't have an income, and... So I, can, I, I knew it was a scam. <laughs> so you pay your taxes every year on time. So we, we picked out, you know, a thousand people in the state of California. We're going to send them a check for twelve thousand dollars. I just ask you, I have to ask you a couple questions. Now, is this how you spell your name? Yes. Okay. And is this your address? Yes. Okay. And uh, what we want to do? We, we don't want to send a check because this is a twelve thousand dollar check, and you know, it could get lost in the mail or something like that. So we want to put it right into your bank account. So could you give me your bank account number? <laughs> so I, I was just going along with him for the first time. I gave him a fake bank account number. I said, okay, well, now, in order to put that in the bank, we're going to just need just the four last four letters of your Social Security number. That's all. <laughs> so could you give that to me? And so I gave him a fake. I said, can I, write that? can I hear that again? Is that right? And that was all he wanted to know. He said, okay, well, I'm going to get off now. 
And uh, so then I said, you know, you're a you know thief. You're just trying to steal my identity. You think I'm a fool? I guess some people are. But anyway, the point is, uh, again, the guy called four nights in a row. I finally had to <laughs> speak more um, strongly to him. But um, he thought he had me, you know, and I, he had written down the wrong number or something. And the point is, if they get your social security number, they got your identity, they got your bank account, they got everything about you. Hmm? So there's a lot in the name, and there's much, much, much in the name of Krishna. The whole of Krishna is found there. And this is an important point for practitioners, that we hear that the name of Krishna is non-different from Krishna. That we hear. We hear that the pastimes of Krishna are non-different from Krishna. right? We hear that the form of Krishna is non-different from Krishna. The attributes, the qualities of Krishna are non-different from Krishna. All same. Just like the name. So, why chant? Why not just meditate on the pastimes of Krishna? They're not different from Krishna. You may not be perfect at it, but a little bit will gradually purify you, just like you may not be perfect at chanting. But if you begin chanting, so why all the emphasis on chanting? I would rather just meditate on the Leela. I find that to be higher and sweeter and better. What is the answer? The answer is, Hold on. There's no difference between Krishna's name and himself. No difference between Krishna's pastimes and himself. No difference between Krishna's form and himself. No difference between Krishna's qualities in himself. But, while there is no difference between Krishna's name and himself, there's one difference. <laughs> At the same time. What is the difference? That the name is more merciful. In the form of his name, he comes to us in a way making himself accessible that he doesn't otherwise, not through his pastimes, not through his qualities, not through his form, does he make himself as accessible. And indeed, in Rupa Goswami's verse in Namastakam, he mentions the fact that the form is not as merciful as the name. We've offended the form, but the name has come to us anyway. So therefore, what's in the name of Krishna? Everything. Sankirtan sam means complete. And kirtan means glorification. So complete glorification and Krishna sankirtan, of Krishna. So in one sense, the way in which the sankirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is complete is that it's about, it's nam-kirtan. This was the primary practice of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he distributed. Nam-kirtan. And in the nam, the guna of Krishna is found, the, the rupa, the form, the quality, the leela of Krishna is found. Everything is found there. It's not a lesser thing. I went to talk to a, to a big Sahaja fellow in, in Dham, and I was discussing with him. I said, and he was arguing with me. I was arguing with him. <laughs> I said, but Kirtan, everything will come. He said, yes, Lila Kirtan. I said, no, by Nam Kirtan. <laughs> Whereas it said that by Nam Kirtan, you will not get everything. You will not find, come to know the Lila's of Krishna. So this, in this sense, in one sense, the kirtan that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was advocated is, is complete sum, sum kirtan, because it's nam kirtan. Another way that it's thought to be complete is that it, the way in which he performed it involved others. So this is the way in Kali Yuga. Sridhar Maharaj described it once as mass prayer. No play on words for the Catholics. Mass prayer. <laughs> but in mass, prayer in mass. Now, we should take note of this fact that 
There is probably no one thing in the modern world today that has greater power than mass taking to the streets with banners and bullhorns and marching on the Capitol with a particular cause. The whole of the what's called the Iron Curtain that separated uh, the Soviet Union, as it was at the time, from the rest of the world. Iron. No one could get through. No one could get in. No one could get out. Unless they you know, gave permission. And they didn't give permission to anybody to get out. <laughs> Only people could come in. This Iron Curtain, it all just melted. By what? By people taking to the streets. They, they all just went out and said, we've had enough of this. That's all. We're just not going to do it anymore. <laughs> and they had banners and placards and bullhorns, and, uh, and that was it. They toppled the whole uh, the governments, and so and, 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 and now in this country, good luck passing your immigration bill that will make illegal aliens felons or something like that. You know, miles and miles of people parading through the streets, protesting, and you just can't go on with your meetings and pass your bill. In France, it just happened. Mm-hmm. The prime minister tried to pass a, a labor bill that adversely affected youth, at least in the consideration of the youth. They had weeks of protests right. and just people in the street, just people just, okay, we won't work at all. <laughs> we'll just go to the streets and yell and complain. He backed down. He edited the bill. That wasn't enough. They still went out. He had to just jump the bill. That was it. So these are kind of like... Um, perverted examples, if you will, of the efficacy, the power of mass prayer, mass sankirtan, which was the advocacy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So some complete in that way, and complete because it's namkirtan, and everything's contained in the name, and complete also in another another sense, in a qualitative sense, and therefore the word Sri. And as I mentioned, this sankirtan coming from Goloka, is like a window in Goloka is open and the sankirtan has come out. And Krishna, in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is chasing after it because what's contained in that song, Hare Krishna, all the secrets of his inner life are contained in there. If that gets out everywhere, the, the secrets of the treasure will be plundered of Golok. Actually, he's, he's gone to follow that Sankirtan and participate in that Sankirtan in a way that he doesn't have the same opportunity to do in Golok, and to relish the wealth of that himself. What is the wealth of that? The wealth of Golok. The wealth of Golok is Prem. We know that we've already heard. Goloka Prem Mudhan. And the wealth of Prem is what? Is Radha's Prem, or love for Krishna. It doesn't get any richer than this. And that is the secret that the Sri Krishna Sanki, the word Sri means Radha. So he indicates here, that you should have faith in this Nams and Kirtan. There are so many reasons, but just besides these seven reasons that I'm going to speak about, he says, that I'm going to elaborate upon in seven other verses, just this one line, Param Vijayate, Sri Krishna Sankirtan, have you understand that that should have you racing for the cartels and Murdanga. That should have his Bhakti Vinodak says, my heart leaps when I hear the sound of the Murdanga. Murdanga Vadya, Sunite, my mind leaps when I hear the sound of the Madanga. Oh, that is the flute of Krishna. I'm being called to Kirtan. And the cartels, the ankle bells of the gopis dancing to the sound of 
of Krishna's blue. This is a very esoteric idea, this Nam Sankirtan, especially as it's found in the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, right? So just this one line alone, if we understand it, we're just, just going over a kind of a superficial surface analysis of it, and we can see so so compelling, inviting to us for good reason. It's not blind faith. It's not just some religious fanaticism that you should take this up. But for such good reasons, objectively speaking, and whatever Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying here about Nam Sankirtan, why we should have faith in it, it's all supported by the whole of Bhagavatam, the whole of Bhagavad Gita, all these sacred texts. So, we have to continue at uh, another point, but there's my point, we'll end with this. Faith is good, <laughs> in general, and this is a special kind of faith that Mahaprabhu has come to awaken in us. If we can get a glimpse of it, then we can be eligible to participate in the song and dance of Sri Krishna Sankirtan. The greatest opportunity the world has uh, known to date. Are there any questions? Questions? Yes. Um, I can't remember how he put it, but uh, Sridhar said that if um, you don't have faith, then you're stopped. Suspicion leads to suspension. Suspicion leads to suspension, okay. So, people have a certain level of faith, you know, they have a certain amount of faith, mm-hmm. but they don't have full faith. Uh, They have komal shraddha. Komal shraddha. Tender faith. Right. And then there must be so many levels of tender faith till you get to middle faith and so on and so forth. Uh Okay, so if suspicion leads to suspension and you're stopped, how do you pass the the, the stop, the stop sign? Uh You know? Yeah. Where do you go from there? Well, the way to do that is that those whose faith is tender and therefore their ability to apply themselves in the spiritual discipline and practice in the way of Sankirtan, it gets interrupted, mm-hmm. right? That's what you're saying. It gets it's interrupted because there are anarthas, unwanted things, and so forth, and so they cloud the picture and they present an idea that there are other values. Hey, wait a minute, there are other values. Artha means values. There are other values. There are other things that are important and interesting. And and our intellect calls on it itself to be titillated, and our mind calls on, on us to, to stimulate it, and our senses call on us to to stimulate them, and so forth. And we've been doing that for eons and eons since time without a beginning, in different bodies and so forth. So we're we are leaning in that direction. Mahaprabhu comes in a big way through his succession to bring us in another direction, but it's a real paradigm shift. And so, while initial faith is awakened and so forth, these other these proclivities, these, these sangskars that we have, these tendencies, that we're under the influence of karma, so we have these sangskars. We're owing to them. They're drawing on us. We did something, and so it's got to come back to us before it's equaled out, that karmic tendency and so forth. So while Mahaprabhu is inter- intervening, interrupting, the name is intervening, we're not chanting the pure name. We may not even be chanting Nama Bas, which, which will end, finish the karma. But Nama Parad. So that it's still some karma is going away, some intervention is there, karma that would have, have affected us, that won't, that's being stopped first, but we have this manifest karma that's just drawing us. So, so we have faith, but it's tender. It can get dislodged. Usually it can't get 
destroyed, but it can get dislodged and, and take a second place to to something else that we think is more important. So that's the situation that you're talking about, and then what to do about that? How to get you know beyond that that suspension? And, and the answer is, of course, that you have to associate with people who have a greater wealth of that faith that will be compelling to us, that will push us. That's like, uh, you know, the fire that, you know, cooks us gradually. You've got to be in the fire, in that association. You're kept honest, and and, and, and you hear these kind of talks, you know, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. This is, a, this is what, what he said is right. This is the valuable thing. This is what I should do, right? Something that you're going to go, you go away and your mind's going to, you know, think of something else that's important, but this class goes on your mind, too, when you think about that, and that's the value of, of association, right? The example and then the precept as it's presented. So that's that's the way. That's how you do it. Another question? Now here's a question. What if you're suspicious of those who are showing the way? And you really you're really suspended then. That's right. Therefore it's incumbent upon you. To, to read the scriptures so that you can identify who has more faith and who doesn't. That's part of the, the whole practice, to become scriptures there, the texts are there to inform us, so become a little bit aware, educated, what is a devotee, what is not a devotee, what's an advanced devotee, and so forth. Yes? It's, um, you know, it's how to, how to associate with a saintly person. It's, uh, it's not easily recognizable, I'm trying to say, how to, how to take advantage of a saintly person the way to take wealth a, of faith. Right, to persons who are uh, have superlative faith and eligibility thereby to be involved in bhakti, the way in which we associate with them is to serve them. Those whose faith is similar to ours, and we make friends with them and we share our experiences readily and get you know encourage one another in that way, and those whose faith is less than us, and we we try to share our faith with them by teaching them. So the superlative devotee is is associated with by other devotees sure. through service, through service, and at least we should render the service of hearing from them faithfully. <laughs> with open mind. And we should hear from them, not to hear what we want to hear, but to hear in such a way that our faith gets challenged because then it will grow. Mm. That's the idea, that one of superior faith will challenge the limits of our faith and push it. Just like a blacksmith has steel, and to make it strong, he puts it in the fire. And he pulls it out, and then it gets stronger, and he puts it in, and to a certain point he pulls it out. So then the, the sadhu will speak to us in a way just like to, like to almost to dismantle our faith, make us think about it. What does he say? I never heard it like that before. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> we start to feel uncomfortable, and, and we were sure of ourselves. Yes, I'm a devotee. Now I know what Krishna consciousness is. And, well, I'll go to the lecture, you know. I know uh, so-and-so Maharaj. I knew him when he was, you know, mm. before he joined. I joined before him. Sure. <laughs> anyway, I'll be, I'll be polite enough. I'll go and... Listen to the lecture, and, and of course I don't have anything to learn. But you know, let's see what he can say to to the others. 
And, and then he finds his own metal is being tested, and he's, oh, he's, what is this? I never heard of that. What does he say? Is this Krishna consciousness? Or <laughs> what's he saying? And he's speaking in such a way to like deconstruct our faith and make us look at it in different ways, which is us. We are our faith. What are you? How much of a devotee are you? And then, after he's kind of taking you apart, then he puts you back together in, in a better way, and you go way stronger. That's what happens if you listen. So, in the least, our service should be that to hear from advanced devotees and take advantage of that opportunity and make that opportunity like you've made the opportunity if you're in your life to come here through the torrential monsoons and at the risk of. Sliding off the road. <laughs> That's all to your benefit. Yeah. Tribute to your faith, eagerness. But that's, uh, you know, that's, that's what we have to do. As you were speaking, I have this tendency why you speak, things come to mind. Mm-hmm. And then I think, okay, I'll ask it, but then when you, when you ask for questions, they're all, I draw hey. blank. <laughs> that, uh, but you said something just now, how... You know, when I first met, first heard Srila Prabhupada, like you say, you first come to a gathering of devotees, a Krishna temple, we we come in sort of confident and sure of ourselves, and and we sit down and we're here. And like you said, this Prabhupada challenged about what we believed in and what we thought we... Yeah. You know? And... uh, but like you said, then he puts you back together. <laughs> I go home with, with Then those things start acting on you. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know, it's not somehow what it's not. It's mystical. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, easily recognizable because others may come and go away, and it doesn't seem to. They don't seem to be affected or something. Question of sukriti. Mm-hmm. Previous lives and and so forth make people more susceptible than others, but everyone's affected. Mm-hmm. But it's not as readily recognizable in some as it is in others. All the flowers in the garden don't blossom at the same time, but they're all growing. And all of a sudden, one day, oh look, it's got a flower on it too. Look, there's a fruit. So everyone's affected. But yeah, it's true. Like the story of my younger brother who came to the temple and then the devotees all talked to him and he said it was as if I had painted a picture of my life in watercolors and their words were throwing water on it it was all dissolving, all my values just were dissolving (laughs) (laughs) I thought what will I do with myself now yeah he thought so, yeah, it's like that person is their faith, they're moving according to their faith and the devotee like questions that faith whether it be their faith in ordinary life or lesser devotees' faith in Krishna consciousness. What is it? That's you. What are you about? What, what do you understand? This way, like I say, he puts us in the fire and we start to melt and we start, oh God, I don't know. Then he, he's got you at a teachable moment. So then he goes, take this. Now, understand that. Put you back together. Go. Come again. Come tomorrow. <laughs> Something like that. That's the idea. All right, so we've got a short, enlivening discussion. Thank everyone for their participation. Sri Krishna Nam Sankirtan Ki Jai. Sri Gauranga Mahaprabhu Shikshastakam Ki Jai.
गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय श्री भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रोपाती देव गोस्वामी महाराज की भक्ति सिद्धांत सरस्वती ठाकुर प्रभु बात की श्री भक्ति विनोद परिवार की जय और भक्त वृद्ध की जय और प्रेमानंद